It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's the midweek edition prior to Connacht's trip to Edinburgh. My name's Alan Deegan and I've got William Davis. Hi, Alan. You're at the press conference in the sports ground today where you talked to Andy Friend and Kieran Marmion. How were they? Yeah, they were pretty upbeat. They had a good win at the weekend there. I think they're uh, well settled. They're well aware of what's ahead of them. So uh, let's have a listen to what they had to say. Andy, reflecting on uh, last Saturday's win, where are you now in preparations for Edinburgh on Friday night? Uh, we had a good day yesterday um, going through the Zebra game and looking at the areas that we thought we did well in. A few little areas to fix. Uh, had a brief look at, at Edinburgh, installed a few things and uh, just come off the field now from a, a quality attack and defence session. So uh, well on the way with our prep. You said the interesting thing in the press conference that... Uh, you were going to concentrate maybe a bit less on the opposition. Is it a danger, do you think, in teams that they can actually just get too much into analysis and maybe let things on their own side slide? Is that something that maybe you felt after Glasgow? Yeah, I think it's, it's something, as I've gone you know, through my experience of coaching many, many years, uh, you get caught. You get caught trying to watch what they're doing and trying to work out a play that they're going to do and um, rather than just focus on yourself and your own defensive system or your own attacking system so that's an area that um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm conscious of uh, I know in the pre-season we didn't do any work on, on Breve, on Wasp, on Bristol and we got, we got quality results, we probably spent more time on Glasgow, we definitely spent more time on Glasgow than we did um, on any other team and we didn't get the results so uh, I think you, you can be lulled into the trap of, of uh, focusing on opposition more than yourself and we want to make sure we don't do that One other thing from Saturday and this is sort of a technical query from having watched the game again running out of lanes was something that Connick were penalised for I, I couldn't quite fathom that is is that something that's changed or is that something that's um, just it is a law that maybe isn't quite applied that way or, or what? because to me when it happened, it was basically a player coming off the back of a rolling mall and driving for the line. Yeah, we, we've uh, sent those clips into the into the referees and we're waiting for a response from them because uh, as far as we're concerned, we weren't illegal in what we did. Um, we're, we're told we're going to get a response tomorrow on that. Uh, um, but it's definitely a question that left us scratching our heads. And um, you know, our big thing is making sure, if, if, if they are going to say that's changing lanes, I'm not too sure what we're meant to do from there, but we need to provide our players with clarity on that. And at the moment, the players are confused. Is Bundy playing? <laughs> yeah, Bundy's, Bundy's uh, he's, he's back and ready. Like from an RFU point of view, we're allowed to, allowed to pick him as of this weekend. So uh, uh, the intention is to get him back as quickly as we can. Looking at uh, potentially Paul Boyle, maybe would, would maybe would he get a rest? Robin Copeland hasn't played yet, but Boyle's getting Paul Boyle's getting a lot of attention, and he's he's really stood out this year. And the other player for me that has stood out and watched the side for a long number of years is Jack Carty, who seems to have found an understanding of his role or his he's he's now making very quick decisions and sticking to them. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll talk firstly about Paul. So Paul's. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a young man who's just made every post a winner this year, and um, yeah, he got the man of the match uh, from whoever selected it uh, the other day. But but more importantly, from his peers, he got he got the players player too. So um, yeah, I think it's very hard to to not not continue picking a player like that. 
uh, when he's in the form that he's in and he's, he's doing all the bits and pieces we want him to do. Robin Copeland uh, is back and available um, to train fully for us at the moment, just how we manage his entry back into the team, uh, which we'll, we'll make a decision on the next couple of days. Jack, so just on to Jack. Um, listen, he's. Uh, I've been really impressed with Jack. Um, you know, I think he's a he's a very studious footballer. He he understands the game well. He just um, and he's got quality skills. He just he just needs to be supported. And and I think uh, attack and defence wise, both both Nigel and and Pete and myself, we've 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 been supporting him and, and asking him to to express himself in the way he plays. And I think the results have been really positive. First away game of the season um, sometimes can be a bit of an Achilles heel away away matches for for Connacht. It's, it's important to get a to good start in this. We actually haven't talked about the fact that it's an away game for, for good reason. Um, you know, you, you you travel long distance and you say you're jet lag, you tend to feel tired. But uh, if you talk about away games, you tend to think about away games. Um, we know it's an away game. We're seeing another opportunity to get out around around the county of Connacht. We're going to take out, uh, fly out from Knock, which is good. So we head to Mayo again. Um, but we're really just focusing on the fact that it's 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 another game. Uh, we know that Edinburgh uh, will be smarting from those two losses, and they'll be disappointed, and they'll be wanting to get a win. We know what we need to do to to uh, to hopefully get that win, and and that's what we've been focusing on. Do you make any special preparations? It's been played in Murrayfield. Might be 5,000, 6,000 there. It's a massive bowl of a ground. Do you have to do anything different at all just to cope with the fact that sometimes it can be quite quiet and the only noise you're hearing is your own players talking to each other? It's, it's, it's slightly odd. Yeah, we, we've, we've got a theme for this week and our theme is actually small talk where we, we keep the noise up. It's our noise, it's our language, and it's, and it's our detail, what we want to be focusing on and what we want to be doing. Um, so it doesn't really matter where we're playing. We're, we're, we're aware that uh, it may well be odd there, but if we're talking to each other and we're, we're communicating and what we want to be doing, what we need from each other in both attack and defence, then, then we, we stay focused on that 80 minutes and, and allows us to play the best rugby we can. And is that... Sort of getting in—is that this famous bubble that the players talk about, or is that more of a media invention? Because we're always talking about they're in the bubble. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about the bubble, mate. Um, listen, there is a zone, definitely a zone, if you want to call it a zone or a bubble. But uh, you know, and to me, it's all around clarity. It's all around clarity of roles. Know your role, play your role. That's the most important thing. You don't get to this level if you're not a good rugby player. So, if you're a good rugby player. Focus on what you're good at, but know how you add that into the team. And how do we do that? Through clarity of, of our systems, attack and defence, and then on the field, the players communicating to each other and just letting each other what, what they're feeling, good and bad. You know, if someone's talking to you well or someone's bounced off the ground and made a covering tackle for you, pat him on the back and tell him that was damn good. Thanks, mate. Needed that. If someone's a little bit too early for you, mate, pull back. Hold back a little bit. But if we're not having those conversations... Yeah, you, you you can sometimes you look lost out there, and you're not a rugby team. So, the focus for us is to try and get 15 players on the same page. Whether that's a bubble or zone, I'm not sure, but um, that that's our intention. Kieran, first uh, game for you on uh, Saturday night. How did it roll out for you, and how do you feel since? Yeah, um, tough conditions out there on the weekend. It was a pretty slow game, so the lungs weren't too bad. Um, but yeah, it was tough uh, to get the to move the ball around. Um, it's more just of a dogfight game, really, that we ended up winning, so um, I wouldn't look too much into that. Just hopefully a bit better conditions this weekend and we can play a bit more rugby.
Were the team happy, though, that although it became a bit of an arm wrestle, uh, Connacht looked in charge all the time, and, and they were able, able to vary the tempo. It, it slowed down occasionally, and then when you, when you really went for it, the, the pace lifted and the accuracy held. It was a tough game to bring tempo into it. Um, I think we did play the conditions well. We played them better than Zebra did, which is saying in the past that we probably haven't done. Um, I think Jack and Blady both played in the right areas of the pitch, and I think we felt comfortable the whole way throughout the game. Um, and then when we needed to be clinical, we were clinical. So I think that's a big improvement from where we've been in the past. Um, but again, it was more of a game of just who wanted it more, really, and I, th I felt that we really did on the day. Edinburgh now in Murrayfield, a uh, happy hunting ground for Connacht and the, the famous Pro 12 win. This will be a slightly different diff different atmosphere, but uh, it must take some confidence from, from the two performances that they've had. Yeah, I, I think Edinburgh is a different kind of competition this week. Um, I think it'll be a level up compared to what we've, what we've had uh, last week. I think they're a good rugby side. Um, they have a lot of good international players on that side. They're physical and they're accurate as well. So I think we'll need to be uh, on the ball from the start in this one. Um, I think we do have confidence going into it. We're all looking forward to it. Um, we fully expect ourselves to come away with a win, but we know it's not going to be easy at all. Um, it's going to be go right down to the end, I think, this one. So um, I guess as a team, we're looking forward to the challenge uh, going over there and hopefully getting the win. Your scenario now, you've, you've been to one Ireland camp this time this this season you you were on the tour do you have to sort of keep that in the back of your mind or do you just focus on uh th this game next friday is it is it just one game at a time is that is that the only way that's it yeah um that's the only way i think about it um every game's an opportunity to impress um i think you got to go in there just focusing on that game you can't really think about what's down the line so unless you perform in these games there won't be anything happening for you down the line so I think one game at a time and just make the most of every opportunity that we get when we get a chance to play. Yeah very upbeat. Yeah well you know they've, 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 they've obviously played, played two lost one 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 but they've played good rugby they've played well I think and I think they were happy with the way they dealt with Saturday Conditions-wise, I thought they played way better than Zebra did in the conditions. That was a slight concern that I had gone in uh, that they might s struggle to get that game away. But they were, you know, they were very, very pragmatic in what they did. They certainly were. I'm, look, I'm looking at the, the stats, and uh, we only ran for 161 meters. Now I've gone back every game for four seasons and haven't found a game with as low meter meters run as that the last one I could find is against Ulster in 2012 it shows that we played the conditions better than Zebra just that one stat alone yeah I think so I think you know offloads in those conditions are difficult running there's no point having pointless running you need running that actually has some real uh, point to it a real you need end product yes and I think if you, if you went down and analysed where they did run you'd probably see end product to get uh, field position so it was a good performance, um, but they're moving on now to a much tougher game. Edinburgh are going to offer uh, a whole different level, especially at home. Yeah, they will, and like they've they've lost their first two games. Um, we'll talk about them in a little while. Before we get there, let's read out um, the results from the weekend. Starting on Friday night, Glasgow Warriors twenty-five, Munster ten, Ulster Rugby thirty, Edinburgh twenty-nine. Moving on then to Saturday, Dragons twenty-seven. And the Kings, 22. 
Connacht 32, Zebra 13. Ospreys 46, Cheetahs 14. Cheetahs going back down now and playing Glasgow at the weekend. They need to step up, but they have to get their home form. Might be their key again. Scarlets 23, Leinster 21. And Benetton 27, Cardiff Blues 25. Good win for Benetton. Yeah, and that actually put Benetton at the top of the table. I'm not sure they've ever been on top of the table after more than one game. So uh, kudos to Benetton. They're on They're on top of their conference, Conference B, alongside Ulster on eight points. Uh, with Leinster two points behind on six. You've got Dragons and Scarlets both on five. And then we've got Edinburgh, our opposition at the weekend, down there on two points alongside the Kings. Yeah, that's... Look, that, that they could easily have won both of the games that they that they that they lost. That'll drive their coach Richard Cockrell and the players. Look, it's not just about him, but I'd say they just they just switched off, and, and Ulster went for it. Yeah. And sometimes when that happens, Ulster could have shipped another try very easily because they were just throwing it around, but they didn't. And once they got a foothold back in the game, Edinburgh started to don't uh, say you're panic, but they didn't seem to know actually what to do next. They got into the lead then with a rather dubious penalty and then they had a dubious penalty awarded against them. The pressure's on them though, it's a home game, it's the first home game of the season. Fascinating duel. It certainly is and just, just going back to the to the tables and on Conference A, Connacht are currently in third position on six points, three points behind um, the unbeaten Ospreys and Warriors, uh, Munster one point behind on five alongside Zebra, uh, with Cardiff who had that... Uh, Surprising, I suppose, is what a lot of people say. Defeat down in down in Italy when when Benetton bet them with the Cheetahs uh, holding up. So the South African teams really are struggling. I think this weekend is going to be huge for them when they get back home. We'll take a quick break. We would like to thank the official Connacht Rugby Supporters Club for supporting the podcast. For the most detailed and informative travel news for away matches, check out the Supporters Club website at connachtlan.com. Membership is only €10 Euro and includes a member's gift, exclusive merchandise and much more. Go to connachtclan.com for all your supporting needs. On Sunday, William, we were both in the sports ground for one game where we had a pretty ecstatic result and another game where it didn't quite go so well. Yeah, it's a tale of two results really. Uh, the under-18 girls had a great win over Munster, 26-10. Played some really good rugby and qualified. Well, not qualified. They're playing Leinster next uh, Saturday. Uh, currently, the kickoff time is one o'clock in Barn Hall on Saturday. I'm hearing that might be changed because Munster and Ulster are playing there at the same t- same day, and they might move that and play that first. But check it out if you're going. Don't you have to check and make sure you know what time it's kicking off. We'll uh, tweet it out as soon as we know. Uh, Senior women had a very tough, tough time. Leinster were clinical. They were better. They took their chances. I think the key was really they were 14 nil down, going up to half time. It was a very long first half. They were on the field nearly 50 minutes because there was a couple of, 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 of injuries which slowed it right down. Leinster got in for two converted tries in that extra time period. I know the clock stops, but you're still on the field. You've got to keep concentrating. And it got away then. 45 nil is a drubbing. Hopefully they they can take something from it. They'll they'll get a lot of learnings from it. But it was tough. And they've got Ulster at home now on Saturday at half two in the sports ground. That's a bit of a, a rescue mission. And hopefully they will 
they'll they'll get on it, get at it, and you know, win at the end of the season would be a good good result for them. Yeah, I was talking to Ja, the head coach, afterwards, and he said like it was anything that could have went wrong went wrong, but the heart and soul that they showed when when there was two quick tries went in in the second half, one after the other, like it really did look as though it was going to go into the sixty or seventy point range, but. The women really stuck to their guns, showed a showed a fair amount of skill, but you know you have to credit Leinster defence, which was tremendous to hold them out. I think they were, I think Connacht must have been on the the Leinster line for at least seven or eight minutes, and were inside the twenty-two for a good twenty minutes in the second half, um, and just couldn't couldn't get over the the goal line. Yeah, Leinster haven't conceded a point. Yes. They beat Ulster seventeen nil, and they wanted a nil, and they worked, and the subs came on, and they worked, and you could see that that's what they really wanted. Um, so sometimes you just have to take your you have to take your beating and move on. It happens in all sports, and look, they'll be ready to go again on Saturday. So let's quickly talk about Patreon and, and how Craggy Rugby are looking for support. And thank you to everybody who has supported us so far to help drive this podcast forward. Here's Rob, William, and myself discussing Patreon and what you guys can do to help us. We're on Patreon. Yes, we're looking for a little bit of money from you guys. We know you love what we do. We see the hits. It's brilliant. We're extremely grateful to our listeners, aren't we, William? Yes, we are. They, they drive us forward. There's no point doing this if people aren't listening. We're just becoming an echo chamber. So we need people to listen. We need you to tell your rugby friends about us, whether they're Connacht supporters or not. Spread the word. But hey, Alan, it costs a little bit of money to do what we do. And of course, we're going to be asking for a little bit of a support. But we hope that people will understand that by investing in us it just secures the future of what we're at it does yeah you go to patreon.com slash craggy rugby and hit the donate button we're we're doing our best to provide as the lads laugh at me when I say it world class coverage of Connacht rugby but that's what I believe in is something's worth doing it's worth doing well um, and if it's worth doing well sometimes that costs a bit of money so we're, we're looking for you guys our listeners to, to help us out we love what we do and we're trying to reach a high level of quality What's your memories of audio that inspires you or listening to broadcast that inspires you? I think the first thing I can remember listening to on the radio was the 1971 FA Cup final in Belfast. Uh, it was on the day of my birthday and for some reason I listened to it on the radio. I, I think audio description has always been more my cup of tea than television. Uh, I generally watch GAA with the local radio commentator and the television pictures because that brings a real flavour and a real, a different type of passion uh, and bias and annoyance. And it's brilliant because that's aimed at a very small group of people. It's the local supporters. We're trying to do something slightly different to that, but we're trying to talk to people who support Connacht Rugby. They could be in Galway, they could be in Vietnam, they could be in Sydney, they could be in the... Vancouver, they could be anywhere. And we know they are because we see the hits and they're coming in from all over the world. Yeah, and like, you know, from my point of view, having lived abroad for eight or nine years, any time back in the, the, the late 80s, early 90s, any time you got the opportunity to listen to um, Irish voices when you were abroad, uh, especially when it came to sport, uh, like I remember listening to uh, the, World Cup, the World Cup match between Ireland and Holland. Or, sorry, the Netherlands, um, on a radio as I stood in my flat in, in Newry with the radio up against the wall up really high because it was the only time we could get any coverage and Packy Bonner kicks the ball out when we were 1-0 down and the, the static comes in 
the next thing we hear goal and then the static comes back and that was it and I'm like oh my god what, what, what happened I had to jump into my car and drive down the M4 till I got RTE in full full flow to find out we'd drawn the match and we were going through to the next round I'm just thinking England would have been playing Egypt, Egypt at the exact same time so you had no way of watching it I had no way and they weren't at the time they didn't do what was happening in the other game or any of that <laughs> stuff and and just being able to hear it like when, you, when you're living abroad and you, you, you just don't hear Irish accents all that often and to be able to pull in a podcast and listen to what's happening in your home province or in, in your home country even if you're you know fans from other teams just to hear what's going on and listen folks you can see it there when you log in it's a recommended uh, donation is two euro but you can give more than that as well we just need to establish kind of a, a starting point and um, please do if you can but please don't worry if that's all you can give and to be honest if you can't give anything, don't worry. But you can still help us because you can rate us and like us and you can spread the word to your friends, email. You know, if, if you just click the link and WhatsApp it to your friends, you're doing us a huge favour. Throwing in a group and say, lads, you like rugby, Throw, have a listen to this. And that's, that's worth every two euro you can give us. But if you want to just sit back and give us a little bit of money, just please know that it's going right back into what we're trying to create here. And it is very much for the love of the game. The Pro 14 starts again this weekend. What have we got, William? Yeah, it starts off at uh, 7.35pm on Friday evening. Edinburgh versus Connacht from Murrayfield. Live on the Galway Bay stream from 7.15 and live on Galway Bay FM from 7.30. Rob Murphy and myself over there covering that game. At the same time, Munster are playing the Ospreys in Limerick. Then we move to Saturday where... Quarter past five, Leinster against the Dragons. Scarlet's playing Benetton. Be interesting to see how Benetton settle up when they're away, having had the good win over Cardiff. 18.30, Cheetah's playing Glasgow. Zebra playing Cardiff, as we've alluded to. Cardiff's second trip to Italy. And then on Sunday, at quarter past one, and these times are all local to Ireland, uh, the Kings are playing Ulster. Ulster down there now for a, a two-match tour as well. So, as always, seven fascinating games. Thanks to SportsNewsIreland.com for their sponsorship of the podcast. Go to SportsNewsIreland.com for all your Connacht rugby team news. We're going to preview the Edinburgh game. At the Pro 14 launch a couple of weeks back, William, you spoke to Edinburgh head coach Richard Cockrell. Yep, he's always good value for money. His press conferences and anything he does in the media is really interesting. So this is what he had to say. Richard Connacht will, will uh, arrive uh, as your first home game yep. for a game of the season. Mm-hmm. So what have, what have you got in store for them? What, what can they expect? Oh, like any team, I want Edinburgh to be well organised, physically motivated, um, and be very hard to play against. Whether that's and that's not just a defensive thing; that's around our attacking game, our set piece game, as well as anything else. So. Um, look, Connell, I have respect for all the teams in the competition because we're not a good enough team to take anything for granted. We need to make sure our top game's on the field every time we play, whether that's Connell, Leinster, whoever, we, we're going to go out and, and try and win and play as well as we can. So um, for me, the only important game at the moment is Ospreys. We're going to go to Swansea and we're going to go in there with a the mindset to get the points. Um, same at Ulster. When we welcome Connor, they'll be exactly the same. So we have respect for all of them, and because, um, like I say, we're, we're not a good enough team to get ahead of ourselves. We've got a lot of work to do, and as long as we realise that and approach every game like we did last year, we'll we'll, um, we'll be okay. Yeah, good stuff from from Richard Cockrell. And today there was a 
press release from Edinburgh. They didn't. There was no audio, unfortunately. So I'm just going to read out uh, the relevant bit for for um, Connacht fans. Richard Cockrell today said Connacht have a, have had a pretty good start. They just about lost to Glasgow, but could have won that at the debt when they had a pretty big and they had a pretty big win against Zebra at the weekend. They're playing some really good stuff. Andy Friend seems to have had a really big impact on them, and they're playing with ball in hand. They're not too dissimilar to us in that they don't have too many rock stars and they work on their strength as a unit. We need a big performance, but I've got no doubt if we perform as we did against Ulster, then we'll come, we'll come away with the right result in the end. We just need to keep the right intensity. Yeah, William, last night I was listening to you on Galway Bay FM and you were mentioning the fact that you thought that Edinburgh played very well against Ulster but did lose intensity at time, which is what Richard Cockles just said. Yeah, there's something they were they were probably guilty of the week before against the Ospreys as well. It's a really bad loss, 23-6 up away from home. Uh, that can get inside a side's head a little. And I don't know how Connacht aren't going to be trying to, to turn that to their effect because it's a different game, it's a different setup. But they need to be able to seize the opportunities if they see something. And that's what the on-field leadership is about. If they see something dropping off or somebody not covering back, or you've got to seize your chances. Ulster basically took a punt in that game. They went for it when they were so far behind. And they, they won the game, irrespective of how they got to there with, with various penalties and stuff. Connick's job on Friday night is really just to keep the pressure on Edinburgh. I think they're under a lot of pressure. They, they haven't won a game. They're at home you got to go for them. And I think that's the side that, that uh, Andy Friend will be picking. We don't know what the side's going to be yet, but the speculation around uh, Robin Copeland is back in full training. He might, get a, he might get a go because Paul Boyle's played an awful lot of rugby. He's played some really good rugby. Yeah, he, came off, he came off injured at the end of the game last week. Well, I think that was cramp. I'm not, I, I think it was cramp. But, you know, maybe he did. They, they haven't told us that yet, and that's fair enough. Um, Bundyaki must be close to getting ready to go um, I don't know I wouldn't like to be the man that tells him he's on the subs bench um, but that might be where he is Kieran Marmion I think will start they, they're going to have to be right on their metal here but they've good memories on this ground Look, they won the, the Pro 12 there Andy Friend when I spoke to him today he talked about the slightly odd atmosphere that you were going to have it's a huge ground with very few people in it really uh, it can get a little raucous. It can also get very quiet. If Edinburgh aren't playing well, he's talking about the players talking to each other, driving each other on. They're in a good space going there, and uh, it'll be fascinating to see how they operate in it. Yeah, like as you say, Edinburgh are under a bit of pressure, and losing you know, Mark Bennett to a, um, looked a very bad hamstring injury at the weekend, and almost equally as big a loss as their Fijian international, Bill Matta, who picked up a shoulder injury. Um, so they're gonna they're gonna miss some very big players. Yeah, it's it's uh, look, it comes round. Connacht are probably doing well on the injury front at the moment, but it, it, it's just part of the part of modern rugby. You've got to have guys ready to go. Um, I think they'll up their performance again because they're at home, and I think that's will be their, their biggest driving force. I said on radio last night. I think a bonus point here for Connacht would be a great result. You obviously want them to win. They want to win. They're going to win. They're not going to play for a bonus point. But this this is this is a big game, and we'll, they'll know a lot more about themselves after this game, because they've got two huge games coming immediately afterwards in the Scarlets and Leinster. This is why this month and the way it's laid out has been 
so crucial and so tough. If you look at some of the other fixtures that other teams are playing, Connacht really have been dealt a pretty tough hand here. They have to play these teams, whether or which, but having to play them all in one after the other, it's quite a challenge. It's a good challenge, and um, we'll all learn something from Friday. Just just one last thing on, on the game on Friday night. I see Edinburgh are doing something similar to what Connacht did last weekend and letting under-16s in free. It's fantastic to see. I'd be encouraging it all the time, um, maybe on a permanent basis. That's easy for me. I'm not the person who's having to balance the books. Um, but I think it's hugely important to encourage younger people uh, to turn up and watch and support so that they get into the habit of it. Another sport that I follow very closely is baseball. It's a different cost structure in baseball. It's a multi-billion dollar business. But they're very concerned that the average baseball fan uh, is a white male aged 57. And they're concerned about that. They're trying to spread the, the cultural demographic. They're also trying to spread the age demographic. They're spending huge amounts of money on it because the 12-year-old or the 14-year-old is the fan of tomorrow. And if it's too expensive to bring them and parents or guardians say, well, I just can't afford this, they don't, they don't get into the habit of going to the ballpark, as they'd say in America, or the sports ground, as we'd say in Galway. So I think it's a great thing, and I think it should be encouraged to happen. I, do, I accept you can't do it for the bigger games, but I think for some of the lesser games, get people into the ground, get them in, get them to in, enjoy watching live sport in a live atmosphere, not watching it on their tablet or on their phone, watching it in the raw with the rain beating on your head and the wind blowing in your face. <laughs> and um, the full experience. It's the full sports ground experience. And fair play for Edinburgh. They've obviously realised that I expect Pro 14 are driving this a bit as well. And I applaud them for it. Yeah, because uh, another thing we I noticed today, I think I sent you a clip from um, a South African magazine who are talking about how the, the fans are deserting the South African national team as well as the Super Rugby teams and the Curry Cup teams with no mention of the Pro 14 at all. Yeah, that won't uh, that that mightn't please the some of the media people uh, in Pro 14 because it doesn't get a mention. I think there there is there is a beginning of a feeling that we're 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 entering a a post attendance support scenario uh, in all sports. I've just talked about baseball. It's particularly acute in South Africa. The, the attendances are very, very poor. This article is blaming it on the failure of the Springboks national side. And Curry Cup games with three and 4,000 people. The thing is, because of the Soccer World Cup down there in 2010, they've got these massive stadiums, the beautiful stadiums. You know, Newlands in Cape Town might be gone. They might be moving to Greenpoint. Greenpoint is it's a fabulous ground right in the city centre. I've been to a soccer match there really nice stadium but Newlands has great history but they, they're worried about crowds they're saying we have to get get people as easily as possible so I think it, it is a concern we're holding up okay here in Ireland but again we've just talked about under 16s they're the future supporters in 16 years time I'll be a lot older than I am now <laughs> but if you're 16 now you'll only be 32 and hopefully you're still going and you've, it's become a habit it's to try to get the habit of, of people attending it's an issue in South Africa it's an issue in Australia but it's also an issue in New Zealand I've been watching some of these Mitre 10 Cup games and the fantastic rugby but they have super rugby issues 
people are not going to the ground. They're, they're either watching it on TV or they're following it on social media. And the, the clubs, the provinces, uh, and the franchises have got to be very, very aware of this and they need to be very astute in how they keep pushing it forward. Yeah, so having flashy new stadiums isn't always the answer either because that's one of the complaints we get in Galway is that the sports ground isn't fit for purpose. But you're looking at a lot of stadiums around there that are brand new, have every facility you ever wanted and people still not turning up. So it's not just about the stadium. Right, that's the end of the podcast. We've already spoken about the fact that yourself and Rob are doing the game on Friday. I'm not going um, because I'm heading off on holidays next week to see my daughter in Canada so I'll be looking for someone to help me find a pub in Canada so I can watch the Scarlets game so anyone out there who knows a good place that I can watch the Scarlets game in Toronto um, let us know Craig at Craggy Rugby uh, on Twitter um, you can email us at craggyrugby at gmail.com we're on Facebook we're on Instagram plenty of ways of getting in contact with us um, so we'll leave it there thank you very much William cheers Alan